Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. In order for the light to shine so brightly, the darkness must be present. Francis Bacon. And you'll understand why I picked that quote when you hear about our guests. So hi again, this is Lucy. I'm so honored that you've tuned into this episode of my show. The guests today are Kimberly Bucchieri and Bud Thorpe. Hello and welcome, Kimberly and Bud. Hi, Lucy. Hello. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. Yeah. So happy to have you on the show. We're excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So before I let you know who these amazing humans are, I want to ask you a favor. I would love it if you'd send an email to lucy at lucydumas.com, L-U-C-I at L-U-C-I. D-U-M-A-S.com, and let me know what you're enjoying about this show and anybody you think might be awesome to have as a future guest. Also, if you haven't downloaded my free ebook, 10 Big Ideas for Marketing, High-End Photography in the Real World, it's waiting for you and wants you to download it at lucydumascoaching.com. I'm having a few allergies this morning. October, but I did go swimming in the ocean yesterday to celebrate that in San Diego, we get a little bit of a false summer. (laughs) So anyway, I know you can handle a little scratchy throat, but I just wanted to let you know what that's about. So I am excited to introduce my guests, and I know you're going to love what they have to share. Kimberly Bucchieri and Bud Thorpe are full-time dog and pet photographers. They're based in Manchester, New Hampshire. They create beautifully crafted wall art for their clients while providing them a carefully orchestrated customer experience. Kim and Bud offer a high-ticket, high-service, low-volume business model. And Kim and Bud also present the Master Lighting Course, which is an online studio lighting program, and it's a community for photographers of all levels. And they harness their decades of teaching experience to help photographers master light in and out of the studio. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, that sounds so nice to hear when you read it out loud, Lucy. I know. (laughs) It's always impressive. Like, wow, I'd listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to know, because I know you guys have kind of separate and joint business activities. So share a little about that. Sure. Absolutely. I'd love to. So Bud and I came together a few years back. My business was of pet photography and Bud was doing his own thing as an educator, as a professor. He owned and ran his studio. I guess you can kind of explain it as a co-op where other photographers would come and join him for classes and rent the studio as well. And I was one of those photographers that rented the studio. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I learned so much from Bud and it absolutely changed the way that I photographed and used lighting. I always had a lot of ideas in my head about what I wanted to do as a concept and couldn't, 
quite get to it until I learned the skills that I needed from Bud. And then we merged, you know, our forces together and we created Kimberly Sour Photography. And Bud Mm. continues to pioneer lighting, especially in the New England area, but also creating his course, the Master Lighting Course. But yeah, Kim and I work together on a lot of things. I mean, we are real life partners as well. Mm -hmm. We're getting married next October. Yay! Yeah, uh, for those of you out in the community that know us, yes, we're finally getting married. <laughs> but yeah, we, we are partners and everything. So there are really three things. I mean, one is we still have this photo co-op here in Manchester, New Hampshire that we love so much. But really, it's the Master Lighting Course and Kimberly Sarah Photography, which is our niche, high-end, very carefully considered fine art pet photography. I love how you're able to do your own thing and enhance each other. That's just so brilliant. Right, exactly. And that was important to us to be able to work together. Um, And we're really, I don't know, kind of, you know, like a unicorn in a sense that we do it really well together and we enjoy it. (laughs) So I have to say that the first time I logged onto Kimberly's website, my jaw fell on the floor. (laughs) Her work with dogs And her work has this classic quality that's like you might see in museums of family portraits or other things, but then it's pets. And then, of course, Kimberly's lots of fun. So there's there's some whimsy worked in there that I just absolutely love. Thank you, Lucy. You're welcome. (laughs) So, Kim, can you share a little about what you mentioned, the high customer experience? And what that's all about. Yes, absolutely. So early on when I decided to do dog and pet photography full time, I made a decision to bring a customer experience to folks that you would probably find at a higher end retailer. And that comes from maybe not experiencing and purchasing items at the high high end retailer, (laughs) but at least experiencing them. And, you know, I wanted to bring that. I wanted dog photography to be on another level as what people have been used to, say, for instance, photos with Santa. You know, you just kind of go in and you're out and you either got, you know, back in the day it was a print and now it's probably just a digital. So, and I think if we bring something to the experience that we are meeting with our customers at least four times in person And at every touch point, we want that to be something different and something memorable. Our pets are not with us long enough. So I'd like to, if I can say, pitch what we do here as the experience with your pet. It's something that, you know, you will remember going through. And we try to make it, of course, as fun as we possibly can. So we do enjoy that. Anyways, with that aside, my decision was to be high ticket, low volume. And we've been quite successful at doing that, actually. It's, you know, it, it, it wasn't an easy decision to make because the folks and the customers that we're looking for come to us a little bit slower than a higher volume. So it did take some creative marketing and a lot of learning along the way. And Lucy, if I may just give a little shout out to you, and other, there are certainly other people that I have learned from, but your coaching skills 
And if I could say it's it's not just about business, I would like to call Lucy's approach a holistic approach. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, because it takes care of everything in the business, including yourself, right? So Lucy, I remember you saying, well, where, you know, what do you like to do? And what, what part of your job do you not like so much? And how can you either hire someone to take care of that? Or maybe it's hire someone to take care of your house. To give Did you, you finally do that? Uh, no, we didn't, but that's okay. We managed. We have managed. Yes, and, yeah, and there's we, two of you. So, Yes, we've got to a place where it's working seamlessly now. Um, Good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's those things, Lucy, that you, that you brought to me through your coaching and all of your insight that has really moved my business forward. And I would encourage anybody that, you know, I guess I think Bud would even say that learning from people that came before us who have made the mistakes and have pioneered different techniques is where you want to invest your money. I think we get, you know, payback from that, Bud. What would you say about that? Well, I, I, the perspective I would bring to it is this. I think that photography in general as a business has a very low barrier to entry. And I think it attracts a lot of folks because of that. I mean, if you wanted to be in a construction business, that is a much higher barrier to entry if that was your business. In photography, of course, the barrier to entry can seem very low and maybe particularly budget-friendly. And and there's nothing wrong with that. But for those of us that are very serious about this as a business, and we think of ourselves as equal parts artist and small business owner – we have to be very careful uh, in what concepts we bring into that business model and are they effective. And there's no reason why we cannot use ideas and concepts from those that have come before us or those that exist now and who are effective in their business and use some of their concepts in what we're doing. We don't have to use all of them. We just want to use the effective parts. Yeah. So first off, Kim, I want to thank you for that that shout out, you know, how much oh, of course. I love it's uh, our conversations and hearing that it has the impact. Second of all, but I just bought a hammer and a nail and I, I was going to get a business license and call myself a contractor. I mean, I can't do that. Well, you could, you could. The question is, will you be profitable in the long term? Yes. The answer is you will not be because you don't yes. have an effective business model. And of course, for those that might be new to this podcast, you should know that Lucy's been doing this a long time. <laughs> so she's, she's baiting us a little bit here and she in, in appropriately because the truth is, is that owning a camera does not make one a working photographer. And that's okay. And, and, and I wouldn't want your listeners to think that I am in any way speaking down to anyone. In fact, quite the opposite. I want nothing more than to elevate our profession, whether someone's new to what, you know, to the business of photography, or maybe they're more experienced and are looking to augment and enhance their business. I'm certainly not speaking down to anyone. Good gravy. Because we all started somewhere. I want to also echo what you said about education. My mentors, and yes, I've been around for 37 years, 37 and a half now. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a photographer, he's since moved away, but he was always for all the years he was in my local photography group in the front row 
and entering print competition every single time, even though he'd won every award like 10 times over at every class. And you'd think, holy cow, he's at the pinnacle of what he does. But the reason he stays there is because he never just sits back and says, I know it all. And I have seen so many people fall by the wayside over the 37 years. And a lot of times it's people that are like, yeah, I don't need to join an association. Yeah, I can just read books. Yeah, I can do it all myself. Right. And I still probably invest, I don't know, three weeks out of the year if you total everything up for continued education. And I'm sure you guys do as well. Oh, we do. Absolutely, uh, we do. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact, probably 10%, maybe a little more of what we make gross, in our case, goes back towards that education. You know, and that education can be participation in organization or conferences or, or in our case, it's individual mentorships because of the parts that we're looking for. But I would, I would say to folks, especially those that are newer who haven't quite got the right perspective yet or the perspective they're looking for is that if you think about your core skill sets, the things that you're really good at, you think of them as major bricks in a wall, what bricks are you missing? And then what mortar are you missing that holds it all together in form of your business plan? And I think in, in our case and in Kim's case specifically with Kimberly Sarah photography and that business model, she had most of her bricks figured out in, in, in those parts but what she needed was more of the mortar and the overarching glue and adhesive that holds the entire thing together. And that's how she used your mentorship is the overall mortar between the bricks. I love that description of the mortar. I'm going to, I'm going to ponder that in my yeah. heart. Well, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's how we use education. And I guarantee that's how you're using your education, Lucy. And it could be, and I'll just pick podcasts because we're on a podcast. It could be that you're learning about, better ways to use podcasting. And so you have cornerstone bricks of what you do that you're solid. You're absolutely solid, but you're, you're chinking in the mortar here and there and filling in those gaps. And you're using the experience of other mentors who are effective. And and I think that's important. They need to be measurably effective and established in what they're doing. I mean, they may be retired in what they're doing. That's okay. But they need to be measurably effective. Just someone who seems to be an internet prophet is not necessarily going to be the right person for you. Right. And you're absolutely right. I have a mentor with podcasting. I did a whole program that got me launched. I continue education, both with listening to classes and other things so I can be more effective at that. Yes, I'm a lifelong learner and I know you guys are as well. I wanted to loop back to the high customer experience that you create. Can you share about what that means? Sure, absolutely. And I, can I just add to something that you and Bud were speaking of too, is that there are no shortcuts in this. You know, you have to do the work. You, you have to have a plan, you know, write it down. As Bud likes to do, put it in a spreadsheet. I mean, make affirmations daily, whatever it takes. And I'll be, you know, absolutely honest. And Lucy, you know this because we've had the conversation. I was down to my last few pennies in my checking account when I decided that coaching in a workshop is what I had to do because I didn't want my business to end up folding without me having tried everything. 
So those were literally my last dollars. And we are, I'm going to say we're thriving. We're never, we never stop working. <laughs> the same as every other small yep, business. We're we keep going forward. For the next gig, yep. right? That's just the way it is. There's a book called Grit, and I think it's the study. I heard a conversation on PBS radio where they did a study of people who are successful, and it had nothing to do with age, status, income, how they were raised, where they lived, if they were rich or poor, what color they were, what religion they were or no religion. The core with people who are highly successful is they have grit. And yes. uh, you guys have grit. I know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we can also measure success in different ways. But if we're talking about being profitable, then that's yes. <laughs> yes. People who okay. are su successful in business, I think, was what they were looking at. Um, right. All right. So what is a high customer experience? So we consider a high customer experience to be a lot of interaction. Some people may even call it hand-holding, but I call it education. I'd like to educate my customers on what they will be experiencing as far as our process. They may contact me through email or find me some other way. Maybe they see my, my artwork in different businesses and contact me. And then we, you know, we have a, a nice conversation by phone, invite them in for a design consultation. And that's when we really get to know our customers. We ask a lot of questions about their pet and, you know, try to get, as Lucy, as you say, to the emotional part of what we're doing and make that connection really make them understand that this is something very important and special for doing. You know, I even congratulate them for coming in to make the decision to have a portrait created of their pet. That's brilliant. I love the twist that you put on this, that the experience itself yes. is priceless. Even if there were no photographs, even if right. all they did was have the whole experience, see the work presented in a lovely way, and go home and have nothing, that is highly valuable. Exactly. I love that perspective. And the dogs, the dogs come with them for the design consultation. So, Aww. yeah, right? So we get to meet the dogs. It's the best part of my day. But, <laughs> you know, it, in being a dog lover and having been for my whole life, any experience with your dog is always better. You know? Yeah. So we like to give that to people and that, yeah. So we get them going, you know, kind of down that road and we talk about their space. And it, again, a design consultation does mean that we are designing a piece of custom artwork for our clients that will go into the home where they live and something that they can look at. I would say from the perspective of the uh, earlier part of our conversation, for those that are listening in, you're going to say, well, these are well-worn paths. These are things that carefully considered wall art portraitists do. And I would say that's absolutely true. We are using a, a well-used piece of information. But do you set out china? Mm. Do you use crystal glasses? Mm -hmm. Are you always dressed in a suit coat and Kim dressed in you know, fancy or always, not, not sometimes, always. 
Have you engineered where every single track light on the ceiling will hit every piece of artwork so that when they walk in, they will see exactly what you want them to see and in exactly a particular order so that they will always have a very carefully crafted experience that is positive. And I know if I start Kim on this path, she'll, she'll take off with it. But have you ever walked into Tiffany's or better yet, Cartier? Have you ever walked into a fine jewelry store and noticed the experience? And by the way, listeners, if you haven't, even if you're not interested in buying a Cartier watch, which go for the experience. Go for the experience, <laughs> even if you don't buy something, because you will learn something very valuable. Is that every customer is treated as if they're going to spend ten million dollars, right? And there's something to learn there. So that luxury experience. As you said, you can learn from the past and not just photographers. So I love, I love all those little fine details that go into people understanding, oh, this is going to be an investment and it's going to be worth it. Exactly. Anything else in the luxury or service experience that you do? Uh, we do actually. There's, there's quite a few, but help me remember here. We, <laughs> well, there's hundreds there, of small points. There that, is. That we would that we would tell folks about. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of them. So name two. Name two. We offer to install the artwork in people's homes. Wearing white gloves and it's the entire whole, experience. Yep. And while that doesn't sound like something particularly new, but for our clients, it is new. In the world of pet photography, when the average bar is images with Santa, you know, a five-minute experience when for any particular customer, we're investing well over 20 hours of time with them, we are able to know so much more about them, meet their needs in the, in the smallest possible ways that make this huge impact in the end. Right down to, you know, we, we buy champagne by the case because when they come to order, we're serving them champagne. And I would say, Lucy, that that is the other part of the service that we offer is the in person ordering session here back in our studio space, our client lounge as we call it. And that is actually being the expert. You know, we always tell people that we don't want them to have something that is too large for the space about, you know, placing this art piece. We want it to be the right size. We're not just trying to sell for money's sake, but we're trying to sell for what's right for them. Mm-hmm. There's a term I've heard a lot as I've been trained in selling wall portraits, the appropriate size. I think that's yes. probably a Ken Whitmire term, having it the appropriate size. So not just too large, but not too small. You want to, it's like the three bears. It should be. Exactly. We need it just right. Yeah. So I just love that whole picture of how everything is carefully crafted from the lighting to what you're wearing some people do a fragrance. I personally am allergic, so I always hope people don't have fragrance. Although I know that when I have been in Nordstrom, which to me in the not super luxury, but the higher end department store model, I noticed that things have a slight fragrance to them that is a Nordstrom fragrance. So yeah, but that whole luxury experience, I love how you've translated it for people buying dog photographs. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and we and we prefer to do it that way. It makes us feel good. It makes like 
you know, it, I like to make people feel comfortable and a little special. Uh, and that's our way to do it. Okay. So I absolutely love what you shared about creating the luxury experience and the lighting, the clothes you wear. And I know there's so much more to it. I know you have a little something that you're working on. So people need to stay tuned if they want to learn more about Kim and Bud's marketing and high ticket customer service approach. Stay tuned to their their world in the future. Thank you, Lucy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about all the stuff you're doing. So I want to switch gears because Bud is the lighting guru. And my quote that I started, the in order for the light to shine so brightly, the darkness must be present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought that was a fun introduction because when we're lighting, we're not just worried about the light. We're also looking at the shadows, especially as we get better and better and better at our lighting. So I'd love if you have just a couple of tips, Bud, on people who are starting to want to up-level and understand light a little bit better. Do you have just a couple of tips on that? I know it's a huge topic. I do. I I certainly do. Having been teaching people lighting for over 10 years full-time now, Boy, do I have some thoughts on that. And I think the first is to realize it's just one part of a bigger continuum of photography, which is mastering your lighting. And and I'm not saying that everyone needs to go all the way to studio lighting. Some folks might use speed lights and some might just use simple diffusion and reflectors. But whatever that might be, the number one thing as an educator I would tell them to do is to learn to do it indoors. It sounds crazy, especially because right now, of course, a lot of our focus is towards the uh, dog and pet photography world. But a lot of folks are, of course, photographing outside. You know, they're practicing their art and their business outside, which is wonderful. But if you really want to learn how light works and what's up, you'd be much better off to start indoors, which, which seems counterintuitive. But if you can start in a place that starts with no light and all of the light that is present is something that you yourself add, that you yourself manipulate just power and and from what direction it's coming from and how diffuse that light is. And if you can allow your eye to develop and learn to see that what you're doing, that there is a cause and effect. But if you can do that carefully, and and again, you don't have to own a studio to do this. You could be using your living room at nighttime when, when, I don't know, maybe, maybe you have children and you know, your garage or your basement, someplace that can just be dark for a little bit. And then you can add the light. And you can become in control of that. And photograph a teddy bear early on. Don't try to photograph living subjects that will run around on you. I'd say something with some texture like a teddy bear is a good start. And learn there. Make all your mistakes there. Gain a little bit of confidence there. And then move on to humans. And then move on to client work. But I think a lot of folks are starting Outdoors, which adds, you know, when you're photographing outdoors during daytime, you always have two lights, the light you brought with you and the light that was always present. And that's two variables when you're learning. And in fact, you're better off when you're learning to only have one. At the I love it. That's my biggest tip right there. Did you know Dean Collins, bud? Certainly. Yes. So Dean Collins was the master's, master's, master of light. And I took a week-long class with him. and. We had a, a workshop at the beach. He was a commercial photographer. And then when it got dark, after we 
eight and we're hanging around. He got a flashlight and I can't remember if it was a ball or a pie pan, but something where he showed us light because it was, it was pitch black where we were and it just completely opened my eyes to be able to see. So I've had that experience that you're talking about and I love the idea of creating it for yourself. How long ago was that, Lucy? I was 38, so it was a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but you still remember it, right? I mean, that's I pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. And I also learned from watching him with his commercial photography for a week that I did not want to be a commercial photographer <laughs> 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 because it is such a craft and I like chasing babies around. Right. <laughs> And he, he passed away, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15, time moves on, but his, his legend still continues and, and people like you guys are, are passing on, even if you didn't know where it came from, he's somebody that, that everybody is impacted because of his study and his teaching. So I know that, Bud, you have a perspective about the importance of excellence in photography. And yesterday we had a great little chat about that as we were preparing for this talk. And I thought, too bad we weren't recording that. That was awesome. So let's see if we can recreate that a little bit and have you share your thoughts. Well, certainly it'll take a second to wind into it, I think. But here's the idea is that confidence comes from competence. Confidence comes from competence. But, but let me take a, a little journey to get there so that your listeners can really get where I'm coming from. You know, as small business owners, and if you're tuning into the profitable photographer, you're a small business owner, truly. There's two parts of what we do. We have the art of what we're doing, you know, and the technical bits about creating a high quality image that we're going to turn around and, of course, uh, sell to our customer in one form or another. And then, of course, there's the business part of what we do. If you are in online forums and these these sort of, other opportunities, very often you will see very experienced photographers speaking to those that are newer and, and trying to encourage them to make sure that they're spending time on the business side of what they're doing to not undervalue the importance of you know working the business side of what you're doing and not spend all your time on photography. I think, however, some newer photographers, and geez, lately it seems to be quite a few, are taking that to mean that the photography doesn't matter. And as a result, we're seeing more folks that are creating images that are far below a professional standard and candidly far below what they are possible, what they're capable of creating. There's awesome inside of them, but because they're misreading the messages of those more experienced than they, they're misreading that as taking that the images don't matter. When in fact, that's not what they're saying at all. What they're saying is, don't forget, you need to work the business of what you're doing as well. As a result, we see a lot more folks suffering from what is widely described as imposter syndrome. The idea that they're not, um, they're not a real photographer. Imagine I'm doing air quotes there, folks. It, and in fact, you are a photographer. You're, you're, you have your shingle out, you're working, you're providing a, you know, a, a good product to your customer. But are you really doing all that you can to provide the highest quality art? And the way you get around imposter syndrome is becoming technically very confident. 
Kim and I, when we enter the studio and we're working with, with a dog or a pet, I mean, it could be a goat at this point or chickens, we, we photograph them all. But we're very confident walking in the studio, but that confidence comes from the experience that we bring to it that we've done this many times before. We've made our errors on somebody else's nickel, reading ours, and we're very good at what we do so that when we bring a calm and confidence, we can spend our brain power worrying not so much about the image because we know we can do that. That is very important, but we can worry about the customer service experience. My thesis, what I'm trying to say, of course, is that your confidence in your ability to create a high quality image comes from competence, comes from learning those core skills. And so while I think there are many experienced photographers who are trying correctly to tell folks to focus on their business, I would say, well, the, the other side of that, happily, is the idea that we must also worry about the high quality image that we create. While you were talking, I was, I was thinking of ways to summarize this. And then the idea of a three-legged stool came up that a three-legged stool in our business would be learning excellence in photography, learning excellence in marketing, which includes customer experience to me, and then becoming an excellent salesperson. And then when all three are at play, then you have a solid business. And as we grow, of course, in my first five years, I wasn't excellent at all of that, but I I was developing competence in each one of those areas. And so my business got stronger because the work and being a, a good salesperson and learning how to find ideal clients slash create that great experience all went hand in hand. We don't want to be out of balance. I think that's what you might be saying. Right. And, and if I can add, too, is our confidence while we're in the camera room shows, the only thing that is the variable for us is the pet or the family. Same thing within the sales room as well. We are confident and happy to show our images. They almost sell themselves naturally. Um, so, so those are some of the things that we can take away some of that fear of, oh my goodness, did I nail it? Am I going to be able to sell these images? I don't like them. You know, we can always be so critical about ourselves, but we know we've got, we've got the lighting and the posing and, and all the right attributes to have a perfect image. There is such thing. Right. One of the reasons I am such a strong proponent of in-person sales, besides all the other reasons, is getting the feedback from our clients is a real confidence booster because, you know, if I look back on when I transitioned from weddings to baby portraits, the work was okay. I was doing high key, which I didn't enjoy. I'm always good with the babies themselves, but my lighting and, and all that was, you know, decent. But because it was their babies and their kids, they loved it so much. So it's that like we can't rely on just excellent work. And there are people who like just today I saw somebody post on, she was posting some photographs and saying my business is not working. I just think I'm not a good enough photographer and her work is spectacular and I could sell the heck out of it. So we want to also know that 
we don't have to be the best photographer in the world to make a good living, but at the same time, you know, continuing to grow in the craft, it, you know, it, it, it spirals us up. So I love your reminder on that, you guys. Certainly. And I think that's exactly the point, isn't it? That it's all of these things, the three-legged stool, as you're saying, it's all of these things. It's not any one. We all know photographers who are technically excellent. They can create a, the highest quality image. However, they're poor they're, or they're not able to make their business run. It's because they haven't spent the time they need in their business. And equally, we probably could think of some photographers who are creating imagery way below what they're capable of, but they're still successful. That's because they figured out the business part. But my, what I would say is if you want to get near the top, my opinion is that you would have to do both. Mm -hmm. Never mind the marketing part, which is the third leg of your stool. Sometimes I think people compare themselves when they see amazing work that people post online that, they might also enter in print competitions and it isn't the work that that is being done for clients so i'm imagining you would agree that we want to put as much effort into being spectacular for work that we do for clients in addition to what we do for fun what we do for print competitions and so forth yeah and exactly and I would go a bit farther and say the more experience you have and the more technical competence you have, the easier it becomes to make a great image every time you're entering the studio or, you know, it may not be a studio for everyone, but in that you're prepared to do that every single time. And then of course, and, and we absolutely would concede that it's, there's quite a bit more to it than that, including the customer's experience, you know, for us with dog photography, Nothing bad ever happens when the dog's in the studio. The dog could have an accident over in the corner and we are there to clean it up instantaneously and make it a non-event because we want the experience, the memory that the client has of being in the studio to be so overwhelmingly positive that when they look upon the images in the ordering session, they're seeing the positive not remembering the untoward or the negative. And we have found that that is absolutely worth all the time, effort, and energy we put into it. And not just from a money standpoint, from a rewarding standpoint. Mm -hmm. You just reminded me of a session that I had once where the mom wanted to be nude. She was on a little fainting couch and with her baby that was nude. And the baby, I guess it was the day to purge because seven times something came out of one of the baby's orifices onto mom. <laughs> <laughs> it, Who knew they had so many orifices? Yes. And so much. And, and we just laughed, cleaned her up and kept going. And, you know, she, she doesn't, I think of that because, you know, it was just a little fun thing, but she looks at that and probably remembers that it was a really bonding, warm, lovely experience. So I love that. So we are almost out of time, and I wanted to find out if you have one last little thing you'd like people to come away with. I think making an image that you love for your client is quite a gift that you can give to other people. And I certainly believe in, you know, producing something that 
people will love and be attached to. You know, and it, it takes time, but you will get there. I would also say put the time in to your business. This isn't something that just because you say you're in business doesn't mean clients will just start flocking to you. And, and you know, there's a whole lot of ways to go about it, but I do strongly believe in paying for coaching and education. I would not be where I am now if I hadn't done that. You know, my, my reason for coming to dog photography full-time is because I didn't want to be in that corporate job any longer than I had had for 15 years. Um, and I think that's what keeps me motivated as well as loving what I do. <laughs> I want to stay out of the cubicle. <laughs> fear, so, fear of the cubicle as you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Bud, what would you say? Well, boy, would I agree. You know, <laughs> we need to stay in a place that keeps us mentally healthy. Yes. And one of the ways that this business, Kimberly Sarah Photography, has helped me is because we get to see the client's reaction when they see their art for the first time. Mm. And it could be a reveal here at the studio because some of our clients pick up, but it also is in their home. We have them step in the other room while we're installing the art and we do the reveal when they walk in. But seeing that, closing that loop and seeing them thrilled with the image and then knowing as we're leaving their apartment or their home that they're going to have that image forever of their loved pet who we know isn't going to live forever. They're going to outlive that pet by a long margin, but they're going to have that image on their wall and available to them forever in something we created artistically gives us, as Kim was saying, feedback that we will not get any other way. You know, and for us, we sell wall art, and probably the biggest reason we do that is not profit, it's the feedback. You know, it, it's knowing that they have the image and now they have it. Yes. They have I, it. They own that piece of art. My two favorite parts of my business are the slideshow presentation put to music and then that delivery because that's when people laugh and they cry and they hug you and right love that part. So how do we get in touch with you if we want to learn more? Sure. There's, so there's two separate businesses here in a sense. You can reach me by email, Kim at Kimberly Sarah Photography, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-S-A-R-A-H photography.com. That is my email. Website is the same, KimberlySourPhotography.com. And Bud? Well, you can reach us, uh, both of us, through mm -hmm. info at The Master Lighting Course, The Master Lighting Course. Of course, the website is TheMasterLightingCourse.com, and that's uh, that's where we teach. Yeah, and, and find, you'll be able to find us out and about around on the circuit yeah, as well. We're around. <laughs> we're doing some teaching and, and workshops and speaking. speaking and, yep, we have a travel schedule. And I know you have a special offer for the listeners. We do. So the Master Lighting Course has newly changed its business model to a monthly subscription model. So now that starts at $49 a month. And you get access to all the course material that's there. So the offer is this. Uh, try us out for a month. Try us out for a month. Pay for that month. Of course, you can cancel any time, and that's $49. We will send you our location lighting ebook. And that book we have sold for years for $49. So basically, if you're signing up for that first month and you're trying us out, you're getting an equal value book that 
would be worth $49. Even if you didn't like the course, I, I really am gambling that you'll love it mm -hmm. because it's got everything you're looking for, whether you're new or more experienced and look, looking to fill in some gaps from self-learning. But it's all there. It is not a small course and it is quite complete. In fact, we have a three more outdoor sessions this week for video content for it uh, as we're wrapping up our outdoor season here in New England. Wow, that's very generous. Thank you for offering that. So before you get on with your day, listeners, be sure to stay tuned for my wrap up of today's show. And if you could take a minute to invite three people that you think might enjoy The Profitable Photographer, please send them an email or a Facebook with a link because sharing is caring. And the more people that are listening, then the more attention it gets on the platforms like iTunes so that others can benefit from the wisdom and experience of people like my guests today. And I want to thank you, Kimberly and Bud, so, so much for taking the time to chat with me and my listeners. Thank you for having us, Lucy. It was fantastic. I know your listeners are, you know, brilliant photographers themselves, and I wish them all the best in their business. Thank you. All right. Talk to you guys later. So here's the wrap up and some of the points that I took away from today's conversation. One is if you would like to create a high ticket client base, you want to carefully craft the experience for them. Meeting with them four times, what your studio or how you set up for that, how you dress, what the experience is in the camera room, all kinds of little details to make it something special so that your clients understand why they came to you and not someone who they book on the phone, the person takes the pictures, hands off the files, you know, why this is special and why you can charge a lot more and be more highly profitable. Also, Bud talked a lot about excellence and the importance of not just having good business model and good sales and marketing, but having work that you feel proud of. And when you know that you're competent, that you can handle whatever assignments you say yes to, and that the clients will be thrilled, then that level of confidence just keeps moving you forward. He also talked about how to start understanding light. And I loved his idea of going in the dark and having any source of light and maybe taking a doll or a teddy bear and playing with light and learning to see in that way, not trying to do it outdoors because there's other light sources, but giving yourself opportunities to teach yourself. And I think it'd be fun to get a few people together and you could do it together and you could all learn from that. So maybe find two or three friends and somebody with a studio that can go completely black and play around so that's it for today, and I look forward to hearing from you about what you're loving and who else you might love to have on my show. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. 
To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.